Every 19 days, the, the food industry wastes more food than it donates to food banks all year because there's capacity strains within the sector, the food bank sector. They'd love to, but they can't donate more. Right now, they can't afford to interrupt operations to rescue food. We need to get up to speed and convince the food industry that we'll be there. If they do it, if they build it, we'll come. Every two people waste enough calories to feed a third in America. If you fed all the food insecure people, you'd still have just as much produce and food left over that you need to do something with. Isn't that amazing? We don't need more food. We don't even need more money. We need more people to, to think creatively about how to access the resources we've got today, and then people who are committed to helping us get that done. Those are food cowboys in our jargon. That was Roger Gordon. He is the trail boss and co-founder of a company called Food Cowboy, and he most certainly is a food warrior. This is Food Warriors, the podcast that's transforming how we think about food. One food warrior at a time. With your host, the foodie alchemist. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, wherever this is finding you. Greetings. This is Jamie. I am the foodie alchemist, and you're listening to Food Warriors. This is episode two. Super, super excited to be bringing you today's show. This is the second in an ongoing series devoted to understanding the challenges to ending food waste in our country. And more importantly, we're going to hear from the innovators who are applying actionable solutions that you and I can start implementing. Because that is the goal of this show, to give you ideas and steps that you can start taking to make a change to our food system today. The numbers and the statistics around food waste are really shameful. And I don't know about you, but when I feel shame, I often feel paralysis. And that's a problem because if there's one thing that we need to be doing, we need to be moving on this issue. We can't be standing still in shock of the sheer amount of food that we waste every year, of the fact that we spend $218 billion every year on food that we don't eat. We're wasting 40% of the food that we grow, ship, store, sell, bring home, keep in our refrigerators. We don't eat that food. And we also know that one in seven Americans is food insecure. They don't have enough food to meet their basic nutrition and energetic needs each day. So the great news that we are bringing to you today on Food Warriors is that it is very much possible to move from this state of inaction and paralysis and shock to a place of resourcefulness and productivity. One of the first things that requires us doing is no longer seeing food waste and hunger being two separate issues. They are the same issue, two sides of the same coin. One such company that is creating that framework is called Food Cowboy, and it is my pleasure to introduce to you today one of the co-founders, Roger Gordon. Roger Gordon has broken a bank monopoly, run for office, fought organized crime, clerked for Congress, helped entrepreneurs raise millions, worked to advance human and civil rights, 
In 2014, Fast Company named him one of the 100 most creative people in business. He holds an MBA from Kellogg and a JD from Georgetown. Not to mention this guy went to MIT, you guys. Today, he runs Food Cowboy, a technology company dedicated to ending food waste. Well, I tell you, it doesn't say this, but I can juggle fire too. (laughs) You can juggle fire. You were a EMT. You taught some Red Cross CPR. Oh, found all that. Wow. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, you know, it's, it's, ADD is a real thing, folks. Uh, It really does, uh, really does take you around the block a few times. Roger is a lawyer, an entrepreneur, and a longtime community development activist. He started Food Cowboy with two other partners, his brother Richard and Barbara Cohen, a public health and nutrition expert. The company formed in 2012, but by that time, Roger and Richard had been doing that work for many years. So way back when, 30 years ago, you know, Richard went on the road and I went off to college. And when I got done with that, seven schools later, I had the desk job and he was out on the road. Before, this, before cell phones, before the internet, he would pull over, get out a phone card and call me and say, hey, could you find a place for me to take 20 pallets of tomatoes or 30 cases of turnips or what have you? Otherwise, I'm going to throw it away. And I would get out the phone book or call the operator and try to find a church or a synagogue or something. All these years later, we have all these great toys and we figure, you know what, we should be able to do something with this. I mean, if you can order a vegetarian burger at midnight in Beijing and not even speak Cantonese or Mandarin, you should be able to find a place to donate 20 tons of food or one ton of food or even just a few meals. As we mentioned earlier, Roger was named to the list of the top 100 most creative people in business in 2014 by Fast Company. He's a highly experienced entrepreneur who's been involved in numerous ventures all over the world, helping companies as a management consultant. In London, he is the founder of a company that broke the bank monopoly on operating ATMs in the UK. When he was in law school, he clerked for the future White House domestic policy advisor, Melody Barnes, while he was at the Center for American Progress. So we're looking at a person with a lot of different skill sets and a lot of connections. This is an important part of looking at the anatomy of the food warrior here because truly he could have done anything. So why did he choose to work with food? It's tough to figure out sometimes how to help people, right? You give someone a buck and then you smell the liquor on their breath or you don't know if the person's really homeless or what. But you never go wrong by giving people food. Hunger is, is, is a problem that presents itself almost with every other problem. So it's a fascinating thing. It touches, it, it's a great equalizer, right? I mean, Donald Trump is going to have as many calories for dinner tonight as I am. You know, that's actually a great thing. At some point, you got to think, you know, I'm thanking God for my food. I, you know, I try to be respectful to the earth and then I throw it away. And, and when you're hungry in a country that can throw away 40% of its food, it means you mean nothing. It means you've been forgotten. It means you don't count, right? And that's a hard thing to live with, right? If you took all the food insecure children in America and had them hold hands, they could encircle the continental United States. But when a little girl tastes a tomato that she's grown herself, that tomato represents every fresh produce, every tomato she'll ever have for the rest of her life. She values food and she values herself. So let's kind of get us, us, us everyone back in the game, right? 
So for Roger, getting back in the game meant teaming up with his brother, Richard, who has over 25 years of experience as a trucking entrepreneur, instructor trainer, and terminal manager. Richard has transported fresh produce almost exclusively for 16 years. He's been called upon by FEMA to respond to every hurricane disaster since 1992. He spent six months transporting humanitarian supplies after Hurricane Katrina, and both he and Roger responded together to Hurricane Sandy. Over the years, they've rescued many tons of fresh produce. By providing food charities with fresh produce, which is more nutritious and not as fattening, that means that food charities can rely much less on canned and processed foods, which we know are not good for people. The challenge that has always been with fresh produce is that it needs to move fast, it costs more to ship, and it requires extra safety measures. These are many of the reasons why in the past truckers have had to simply dump produce instead of find a place for it. So what Richard and Roger are doing is they are putting a spotlight on the operations angle of food waste, and they're creating a platform where truckers can share information about unwanted produce with charities who need it. Also, by focusing on the operations and logistical aspects of where food waste occurs, they're also constructing a new framework for people who work within these areas to appreciate the vast amount of food that we waste. A tractor trailer carries 40,000 pounds of food and 110 inches high. If you take all that food waste and you put it into tractor trailers and you stack them on top of each other, they would go from sea level to 5,000 miles above the Earth. The, the International Space Station orbits at 300 miles above the Earth. Last week, we talked to Chris Hunt of refed.com, which stands for Rethinking Food Waste Through Education and Data. There's a special section devoted to food recovery, and within it, Refed creates a kind of food recovery ecosystem where they identify three pillars which need to scale, and those are education for business, enabling policy, and efficient use of transportation and cold storage. This is a story of how Food Cowboy came to these same conclusions in a more organic way. When we figured out we need to do something better was, you know, we, we got a little bit good at it. And Richard would tell his friends, other truckers, and they were calling. And I was studying for the bar exam. The phone kept ringing. And you got to answer the phone because you know who it is. There's so much demand. And there are only about 300 major food banks in America that can, that can handle a big rig. I'll tell you a funny story. I once sent Richard down to a church and he had, I don't know, maybe, I don't know, probably 40 cases of something on the back of the truck. Not much, right? It's very empty. And I asked the church, well, can you get a truck a truck in there? They go, yeah. I said, okay, can you turn it around? They go, yeah, no problem. I, I sent Richard down there. It's a one-lane road. When they say truck, they meant like a 20-foot truck, not a 53-foot trailer with, with a tractor attached. He had to back out a one-lane road for a mile. But, you know, you, you learn. What we realized was that there are only 300 major food banks in America and about a million dumpsters. And dumpsters are always open. Dumpsters never say no. They're open in the middle of the night. And unfortunately, until we get really, really good at routing and get folks to come online with us, and most food banks are open from 9 to 5, Monday through Friday, food gets delivered at 2 o'clock in the morning. That's when it gets thrown away. Right. And how many food banks are operating at 2 a.m.? Um, there are none. 
There are none. And what happens is we go scrambling around trying to find it. And what happens is the smaller the food bank, the more willing they are to get out of bed. It's because, you know, they desperately need the food. One of the things we're trying to get food banks to do is help us dispose of unconsumable food. When the truck is on the road and it's got, you know, a couple of pallets or 10,000 pounds of food that it needs to get rid of, it just needs to get rid of the food. Whether it goes to a pig farmer or to a dumpster or to a hungry person, it doesn't matter to them at some point. So what we tell food banks is, hey, let us route this truck to you. Charge us for it. That's okay. You know, the grower has to incur the charge anyway. Charge us for it. Roger has described his work with Food Cowboy as air traffic control for food. No one gets lost, surprised, and nothing gets thrown out. Getting into the inner cities, getting to, to rural places where people are hungry, that, that takes a lot of knowledge. Right now what we do, and Richard's done this for years, is he's got food and he, there's no one around. He has two things he does. He'll roll up to a volunteer, in the, if it's in the south especially, he'll roll up to a volunteer firehouse. And you don't need a pallet jack or a forklift. Those men and women, women will jump right up and unload the truck and they know where to take it to. You know it's going to the right place. The other thing he'll do is sometimes he'll flag down a deputy, a sheriff deputy or a state trooper. And two o'clock in the morning, right? He called the deputy, you know, he flashlights, the deputy stops and he says, oh, you know, I got five pallets of root vegetables. I need to get rid of the truck. Deputy says, follow me. Goes to the local rescue mission. Rescue missions are great. You know, they're run by very dedicated people who are tough as nails. And he opens, you know, he knocks on the door. You know, the sister comes out. She says, uh huh. She rousts everybody. Turns on the lights. 30 guys get out. She says, okay, let's unload that truck. And she's got soup for three months. We, we've worked with probably thousands of people, and there's not one produce manager, not one trucker who wouldn't really try hard to make it work for us. People want to help. They don't have the information. And information is so cheap these days. That's what your phone is for. So we need a little bit of a quiet revolution here in how the food industry sees its job. And we finally figured out how to get that done. The Eureka moment was when we realized that the client wasn't the food bank or the charity. It was the person who had the food. On the one hand, they wanted to give it away. On the other hand, it costs money to do that. The food bank system needs to be as agile and nimble as the food private supply chain. Every Walmart in this country could bury every food bank in food every day of the week. Food banks actually throw away about 20% of the fresh produce they're given because they can't redistribute it to their pantries. We're saying, look, if you want to do business with Walmart, you've got to do business like Walmart. And that means when I, when I work, you work. The problem is right now they can't donate more than 19 days worth of food waste. Right? So every, every 19 days, the, the food industry wastes more food than it donates to food banks all year right? because there's capacity strains within the sector the food bank sector. They'd love to, but they, they can't donate more. We need to make sure the food industry believes in us because right now they can't afford to interrupt operations to rescue food. We need to get up to speed and convince the food industry that we'll be there. If they do it, if they build it, we'll come. And that is how Food Cowboy came to refine its mission to help food companies, charities, 
consumers and entrepreneurs collaborate to reduce hunger and protect the environment by reducing food waste. And, and we found out, you know, we found a way to finance it, which is, which is kind of cool. In 10 or 20 years, when someone writes the history of this, they might say that the person who solved hunger and food waste in America was Paul Ryan, the Speaker of the House. It's H.R. 2029. It's the omnibus budget bill for 2016. What he did is he got together with a congressman from upstate New York named Tom Reed, and he pulled some language together that really eliminated a lot of the problems with the tax incentives to donate food. And tell us what some of those problems have been in the past for food suppliers and farmers to donate food. Okay. You, you try to convince a farmer that you can deduct, you know, Section 170E3C of the tax code allows him to deduct half his profits but not more than twice his basis to a captive 10% of his inventory and can only roll it over for three years. And by the way, it might not apply to you because Congress has to grandfather you in every year. That, that line goes dead way early in the conversation. <laughs> okay. Okay, I can see how that could be pretty intimidating. And what is this bill doing to make the process more simplified and to incentivize more farmers or food producers to participate and begin donating food? The bill modified the rule such that the value to growers for donating food is now 37.5 cents deduction on, on the dollar, right? So it, it pretty much trebled the value to the, the grower. Under these recent changes to the tax code, recovering and donating supply chain waste would allow the food industry to reduce its taxable income by up to $6 billion a year and also eliminate $1.3 billion in disposal fees of food that would otherwise be thrown away. Let's say you've got a, a pallet of blueberries, very high value produce, $1,600. According to the law, you can deduct an extra $600 from your taxable income if you donate that food. Now, that's a mad tweak. And so, you know, depending on what your tax rate is, you could put 12 cents on the dollar in your pocket if you donate fresh produce. Other foods, there's, it's not as profitable, but the bill certainly simplified and made much more powerful the, the process of donating food. So this is where the rubber is really starting to meet the road here. Think back to Roger's skill sets, entrepreneur, lawyer, community development activist and organizer, EMT, fire juggler, absolutely. It's the combination of these skill sets that gives Roger the unique perspective and positioning to see each problem as it exists for each player along the supply chain, to formulate solutions and to come up with the plan that you're gonna hear about right now. So we're saying, look, we have a chicken and egg problem here. You don't stay open late because I never call you, and I never call you because you never pick up the phone. Going forward, let's all agree that when you help me get food off my truck and I get that tax deduction, I'm going to share it with you. I'm going to take 15% of the face value of that tax deduction. That's what Food Cowboy gets. We take two-thirds of that, and, and we split it two ways. So we give two-thirds of the money, 60 bucks, to Food Cowboy Foundation, Food Cowboy Foundation says to the local food charities, 30 bucks to come and get this pallet. And if we have to give 10 bucks to a local distributor hold, to hold on to it for a few hours, fine, who cares? The other $30, the other half of the foundation's share, we put into a capital improvement fund. We need 
food banks to, and, and their pantries to have bigger coolers. We need them to have uh, pallet jacks. We need them to install access control systems. So we're investing. Okay, so let's just do a quick review slash recap of what Roger just said. Let's say I am the driver with the blueberries. I could find the dumpster, get rid of the blueberries, put them in a landfill where they would start to decay and emit methane gas, or I can use the Food Cowboy app to connect me with a shelter who needs them and those blueberries can go to hungry people. I decide that instead of letting all of the resources that were used to make those blueberries go to waste, I'm going to see to it that those blueberries end up as food. Okay, so step two, let's say that I decide to use the app. So then because I'm using the Food Cowboy platform, I am connected with a recipient of the product. I offload the blueberries and I collect a tax deduction. Now, since I use those logistics of Food Cowboy, I'm going to give a 15% commission from the value of my tax deduction, and that's going to go part of it to Food Cowboy LLC. That's 5%. 5% goes to the Food Cowboy Foundation, and 5% goes to Food Cowboy Us. So what the Food Cowboy Foundation Fund is doing is taking some of that money that was recouped through the process of the donation in the form of a tax deduction. They're taking a small percentage of that and they are using it to reinvest into the infrastructure of food banks, soup kitchens, and food pantries. Now back to Roger. He's going to talk about where that remaining 5% of the investment goes. The third of the fee that doesn't go to the foundation. It goes to Food Cowboy Us, and that's about $30 million a year, one day. We invest that in new organizations and new technologies, like, you know, you've, you've heard of Imperfect Produce. There is a nonprofit called Growing Soul in Maryland, and they go to, to Whole Foods and they grab blueberries and the cranberries and all the fruit and the kale. Jessica Weiss runs it, and she dries it down into snacks. I got some for my nephews. They love it. We found a company called Four Solutions, F-O-R Solutions. They make these great rapid composting devices. San Diego Food Bank just put one in. And I think they're doing something like uh, 1,000, 2,000 pounds of high-quality compost a week. So if we've got $30 million a year to play with, we can put some real juice behind those people. Our hope is this. Let us invest in the technology. It's peanuts, right? For five million bucks, we can do anything in the world. For half that, we can do anything in the world. All these food charities are not going to develop those systems, right? They don't get grants for that. So use our systems for free. We'll give you two-thirds of the revenue that we realize from this because you're doing the hard work for it. And, and we'll invest in private sector companies that can also be your partners, right? So go get that food because if you can't move it down to your pantries, hey, sell it to Hungry Harvest, right? They're happy to get it. We can go to like Gary Oppenheimer at Ample Harvest and say, hey man, you've got all these gardeners. Since you know all the churches anyway, can we route compost to your gardens? Can we hook that up? We need to bring food banks and, and their pantries into the 21st century. If we recover just 15% of the fresh produce and 6% of the shelf-stable foods on our platform, we could invest $50 million a year into food banks. You know, we all need to get in the same room at some point and figure out what would I do if I had $50 million a year? You know, we'll have the developers and the coders on one side with the big whiteboards. And we'll have the people who understand hunger, the people who understand logistics, and, you know, we'll play. Enter Barbara Cohen, 
the third co-founder of Food Cowboy. She's a public health and nutrition expert, and she's addressed issues of hunger, food insecurity, nutrition, and the relationship between food and health outcomes at both national and local levels. She's the author of the USDA's Community Food Security Assessment Toolkit. Through this and other work, she has trained community leaders in how to use basic evaluation tools to develop innovative programs to improve their local communities. Barbara was part of a small group of academic and policy leaders who worked to change the conversation from one of hunger to food security, and she helped develop measures that are now used on national and international population-based surveys. I walk into a room, you know, I've got Barbara on one side and Richard on the other. You know, I've got the PhD who developed the concept of food insecurity and published the first paper talking about it. And I've got Richard who's been on the road for 30 years and knows everything about the supply chain. So it's like, I can't lose. You guys are like the food security trifecta. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of cool. We tell a joke, you know, a, a trucker, a PhD and a lawyer walk into a bar, you know. You mean a trucker, a lawyer, and a PhD walk into a food bank, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so all this makes you wonder, how much food waste would need to be recovered in order to start really getting the wheel turning? Seven percent. Seven freaking percent? That's it. That's wow. It. Can you imagine? Yeah, we can do that. We can knock this problem out. It's not ISIS, it's not Zika, it's not gun violence, it's not any of those things. This is a math problem. So according to Food Cowboys analysis, by recovering and donating just 7% of wasted food each year, this would allow the industry to take an additional $485 million in tax deductions. Paul Ryan, bless his heart, gave us up to, you know, post-tax value $2 billion to play with this, solve this problem. All the food banks in the country, if you add them up, up their balance sheets, they're only worth five or $6 billion, right? You add up, you know, you add a few more charities, you got $10 billion, right? That's chump change. That's nothing. We could rebuild the entire food sector and not blink. And the Food Cowboy team has done a lot of thinking about what that would look like. For instance, in the future, Food Cowboy envisions food banks as becoming food hubs that would accept both donations as well as organic waste for composting, anaerobic digestion, and animal feed. So you can think of this as Food Cowboy creating a one-stop shop, or better yet, a one-stop stop, where truckers could offload unmarketable foods, whether they could be redistributed in a charity or, if they've gone bad, could be offloaded to be composted or biodigested. So that is one really exciting example of building infrastructure. Now let's look at another Food Cowboy solution. And to understand the solution, it is integral that we remember the many different job experiences held by Roger. He holds an MBA and has been a lawyer, management consultant, nonprofit director, and... I catered all through law school. Catering company general manager. At two o'clock in the morning, you don't have time or any place to take food. I once threw away half an L worth of, of steak. There's a big defense contractor down in downtown D.C. They had a big annual shareholder meeting. They flew in a salmon from Alaska, elk, and venison. No one wanted the elk. Experiences like those stayed in Roger's mind. 
And years later, they sprouted wonderful ideas, like this one. So we came up with something called Limo for the Leftovers. For clients like that, we're working with a large sustainability foundation to roll it out to hotels. Here's how it would work. If you have a catered event of 250 guests or more, you pay us a dollar per head, and we'll send an Uber for the food. And we use that money to hire the local rescue group and to pay the local soup kitchen to have someone there at 4 o'clock in the morning to accept the food. You know, and, and when we did it in New York, Uber threw us an SUV. <laughs> and, and we can do that every day. We can arrange to recover food from almost every place that it, it gets lost. The problem we've got is that there aren't that many hungry people. All right, so take a minute here and think about what you just heard. Let's actually play it back one more time. We can arrange to recover food from almost every place that it, it gets lost. The problem we've got is that there aren't that many hungry people. Every two people waste enough calories to feed a third in America. If you fed all the food insecure people, you'd still have just as much produce and food left over that you need to do something with. Isn't that amazing? Another way to think about that, the average family leaves 1.2 million calories uneaten every year. Spills, spoilage, table scraps, and other losses from the typical American family of four add up to 1,160 pounds of uneaten food annually. That extra food would feed their next-door neighbor. It's not the government's job or some institution's job to feed our neighbors and take care of the planet. It's our job, and you know, we can make it fun. Wasted food is a complex problem that no single company, charity, or government agency can solve on its own. Rather, it's a network problem that requires coordinated action by all stakeholders, and Food Cowboy is positioned to facilitate that process. So step one, create a universal food waste information and logistics platform. Step two, reimagine and invest in charities and in technologies and businesses. Step three is to engage with consumers as partners. That's how Food Cowboy conceived of the Food Posse, a crowd-shipping solution to the problem of transporting small, last-minute donations from supermarkets and restaurants to charities safely and efficiently. Think everyday people using Uber technology for food donations. For, for the everyday person, you've got a couple of nodes. Like, look at your location history on your phone. Work, home, school, church maybe, parks and recreation, play dates. And, and then, you know, everyone's got a profile, right? You know, we can look, up you, look you up and say, hey, Jamie, you know, there's a shelter, domestic violence shelter down the street from you. And it turns out you shop at Whole Foods. We, we'd like to make you a regular. We've checked you out, right? So we can tell you where it is because shelters like that are black sites. They don't show up on Google, right? So you've got to be vetted. So it would work like this. I become a posse member to my local Whole Foods because I've signed up with Food Cowboy and I'm social media friends with the retailer Whole Foods so that when I'm in or near the store, I would become alerted when a donation becomes available for pickup. The app would provide safe handling instructions, track the delivery, and issue a receipt. That way it's providing a service to Whole Foods and keeping track of the donations that they are providing. We can do that. We can say, hey, you know what? There's a veteran down the street whose husband served in the same unit as your old man, except now she's a widow. And hey, every now and then, could you take her out or have her over? And you know, you'll see things. People let you into their homes, right? And so maybe somebody needs help. And maybe since you've transported food, you also know perhaps you know where to send them or how to treat them or, or maybe use one of your food cowboy tokens to get them a cup of coffee, right? So 
maybe maybe look out for people who aren't exactly you know in line at a food bank, but might be food insecure. Reframing the conversation about food waste and hunger, and finding ways to address the specific issues of food security and food insecurity is paramount to Food Cowboy. Food security is defined as access by all people at all times to enough food for an active, healthy life. Food security includes at a minimum the ready availability of nutritionally adequate and safe foods and an assured ability to acquire acceptable foods in socially acceptable ways, meaning without having to resort to emergency food suppliers, scavenging, stealing, or using other coping strategies. The definition is important because it gives us more meaningful ways to talk about and solve hunger. When my co-founder, Barbara Cohen, did the first national count of homelessness, she says, you know, women have a way of being homeless that's different. They hide more. Senior citizens sometimes are hungry because when your spouse of 60 years dies, you no longer want to cook. And so you, you get poor health outcomes. There's all sorts of things we could do to tie our society back together. So what Food Cowboy wants to do is to really create personal hunger solutions by partnering with food charities who often do not have the resources to individualize the services. But just as businesses can offer individual consumers products that are tailored to their needs and preferences, Food Cowboy's technology can enable charities to do the same for their clients. It's all about reimagining our food system and our charity networks and giving them a massive upgrade. We don't need more food. We don't even need more money. We need more people to, to think creatively about how to access the resources we've got today, and then people who are committed to helping us get that done. Those are food cowboys in our jargon. And food cowgirls, right? Foodcowgirl.com and foodcowboy.com are the same site, so come on awesome. down. Awesome. All right. Big thanks to Roger for coming on the show today. Thank you for being here and listening. And Roger would like to thank a few people as well. Thank you to everybody out there who, you know, working hard, people who've taught us things, put up with us, didn't kick us off a of loading docks. We're making a hole for you to run through in, in football terms. Okay, so you can head over to www.foodcowboy.com, find out about the programs that are currently in place right now for food companies and charities. The app is available now from the App Store on your smartphone, so check that out, whether you're a food company or a charity. Also, people working in the supply chain, such as truckers, are able to download and use the app right now and get connected to the network. We are still, as of December 2016, super excited and anticipating the rollout for consumers and volunteers to join services such as Limo for the Leftovers and the Food Posse. The best thing to do there is start following Food Cowboy on Twitter. That's at Food Cowboy, as well as checking them out on Facebook at Food Cowboy boy on Facebook. And if you enjoyed the show, may I suggest checking out the short version. It's a good review of all the most salient points and actionable steps. It's also a very good way to introduce somebody to the conversation. Shows typically last under 15 minutes. So for somebody who you would like to introduce some of these concepts, it's not a big time investment for them. And of course, stay tuned for our next show. 
Next week, we're going to be talking to Styles Najak, who runs the Glean Mobile out of New York State. What's the Glean Mobile, you ask? The Glean Mobile is part of that infrastructure we've been talking about that enables Styles and her organization to recover over 270,000 pounds of produce from farms that would otherwise be plowed under or lay fallow. Instead, they're getting those fresh fruits and vegetables to charities and soup kitchens throughout New York State. So if you want to dig a little deeper, see how we move the conversation from hunger and food waste to food security, this is the show that you want to hear. This is Jamie, the foodie alchemist, signing off and reminding you that food is the force that unifies our bodies, our people, and our planet. All the best, you guys. Talk to you soon.